Welcome to the Cookery by the Book podcast with Susie Chase. She's just a home cook in New York City, sitting at her dining room table, talking to cookbook authors. Hi, my name is Anita Lowe, and I am the author of Solo, a modern cookbook for a party of one. Eater named Solo, the 2018 cookbook of the year. That is fantastic. Congratulations. Thank you so much. I've been dumped almost as many times as I've been in relationships, and I can count those on less than two hands. Most people wouldn't kick off a cookbook with such a personal confession. What does this book and dining alone mean to you? (laughs) Well, I was hoping that it would make, you know, people feel less alone. And I, you know, I was, I was hoping to um, try to remove some of the stigma um, around, you know, eating by yourself because it's just, it is a fact of life and cooking for yourself for that matter. Yeah. It is. I always feel funny about going to a restaurant alone, but then I think like no one's looking at you. No one cares. Yeah. I mean, especially in New York city at least. Um, and, and even when I'm traveling, I mean, a lot of times you're traveling by yourself for work or whatever, and you have to eat alone. That's just, that's just a fact of life. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, you know, and, and it, it can be funny. It's just you know, there's a lot of uh, comedy skits around, you know, eating by yourself. And um, I, I think I remember watching um, SNL back in the early days, and there was some sort of skit about, you know, a lonely person coming to a restaurant and the uh, hostess um, yelling out, uh, a party of one, a party of one. That's, that's why I'm, I um, I included that in my in my uh, in my book. You say food is culture and identity. Where did you get the inspiration for these recipes? You know, a lot of it's my travel. A lot of it, you know, um, was, was how I grew up. So it's just some of the stuff that I love to eat. So it, it, you know, yeah, that has become part of my identity. And you also like the meals to always be balanced. What does that really mean? Balance for me needs to always include, um, you know, a vegetable, you know, a little bit of starch, some protein. It, it needs to have that sort of balance. I think, um, I think there's sort of like the, you know, weekly balance of having different flavors, not always eating the same thing. I think it is also sort of a general balance of, you know, eating healthy things and eating things that you feel like you just crave. Yeah. And I think um, balance of flavors is very important, you know, just, uh, just for deliciousness. I think, you know, things need a certain amount of salt for, you know, and that, and that is subjective, um, certain amount of acid to fat, you know, et cetera, balance of, of textures, you know, crunch to smooth, et cetera. After 17 years, you closed our West Village neighborhood favorite Michelin-starred restaurant, Anissa, and not for the reasons most of us thought. So tell us why. It's certainly been getting harder to run a small business, and especially a restaurant, a high-end restaurant in New York City. Yeah, And, and I'm totally for the minimum wage uh, um, increase, but they increased it like kind of suddenly and that, and it was very difficult um, because I think the public wasn't ready to pay for um, what it costs to, to give people that kind of raise. Um, So that was one, you know, and then I I had some real estate tax issues there. One of the other 
bigger reasons was that it's just impossible to find cooks these days. You know, it's just um, there is you know, a, a big um, labor shortage around the country, and especially in New York City. I don't think, you know, even with the um, $15 minimum wage, it's impossible to live in New York City without, um, you know, on that on on that wage, and um, you know, so a lot of people are fleeing to places where it's easier to uh, easier to live, and including chefs. Yeah, and I had a knee replacement that wasn't that successful. I had to have two follow up surgeries, and you know, it's been difficult to be on my feet. But uh, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of reasons. I, I mean, I I missed it for sure but I don't regret it. Talk a little bit about what waste has to do with solo. Well, I think it's difficult to cook um, cook just for one person without wasting ingredients because, you know, we, we have this problem where everything is packed for a family of four, even here in New York City. I mean, I think that is starting to change, but um, you have to buy a lot of product at once. And so I was trying to write this, you know, I don't like to waste food. It's, it just goes against my DNA. It just it, it, it bothers me. It's just I find it disrespectful to the food and to the, the environment and you know and to humanity and all that sort of stuff. I I have tried to make a cookbook that helps you to to cut down on waste. Each recipe has a little story, a little pleasantry or quip at the beginning of it. For example, your pan-roasted veal chop with mushrooms and oysters, and you used to serve this at Anissa. How did you find this particular recipe? I was just looking online for inspiration, and I think I was looking for like old, you know, like really ancient recipes, you know, written in like old English about some veal and oyster dish from you know way way back when and uh, I was like oh my god yes of course that totally makes sense so your upbringing is so interesting to me your mother is Malaysian your father who was from Shanghai passed away when you were three and your mom went on to marry a white American while you were growing up you had nannies and your favorite was Hungarian what culinary influences did she have on you Oh God, I loved her cooking. Um, one of my favorite things growing up was was chicken paprikash. What's that? Which is like this creamy. It's this really. It's a stew. It's um, this creamy stew with a lot of paprika, onions, um, parsley, and a good amount of sour cream. It's sort of thickened, and it's served with either dumplings, which you know, once you make dumplings, it was special. Um, you can eat it with rice, or you can eat it with like egg noodles. Love it. Those evenings when you're hanging around at your house alone, what do you cook for yourself? There's an eggplant frittata that's a version of a Filipino dish that's in my book that I make that for myself every once in a while. I often make my mother steamed fish. You know, this book is is somewhat reflective of what I eat by myself. I'm always intrigued by the choice of illustrations, photos, or no images at all. Why did you choose illustrations, which are darling, by the way, and who did those? Uh, Julia Rothman, who is amazing and is all over the place these days, I was 100% behind this choice, but it was my um, my editor's uh, Lexi Bloom's idea, and I was like, oh my god, of course! And um, you know, the fact that it's a drawing makes it a little bit more approachable. It's like, you know, it's not like it's some perfect thing that you have to make. And I think it gives the reader, you know, options just to make it and put it on plays in some level. 
So the other night I made your recipe for broccoli stem slaw on page 164. So describe how this flavor profile is similar to the good old-fashioned green goddess dressing that we all grew up with in the Midwest. It's an old-fashioned dressing with um, a lot of tarragon, anchovy, garlic, lemon, a bunch of other herbs, and then um, green ranch dressing with anchovy, right? Yeah, and, and garlic. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, well, I think ranch dressing has like powdered garlic or something, right? Or is it powdered onion? Yes. Or, you mentioned in the yeah. book something about how that fake garlic that kind of sticks with you for hours. Oh, God, I hate that. You know, the jar. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, jar, I just, I can't. Oh, God. Yeah. I, oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the memory of it, like, renders me speechless. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah. describe the broccoli stem slaw. Julienne's um, are shredded um, broccoli stems. Uh, and you just take it and you um, mix it with some you know, mashed avocado with lemon, garlic, anchovy, tarragon. But it's it's rich and then it's crunchy and, you know, but it's also sort of healthy. And, um yeah, and it uses up the other half of your avocado, and it uses up the stems from your broccoli that you would have, you know, that a lot of people just throw away. Now for my segment called My Last Meal. What would you have for your last supper? You know, I think it would probably have to be some sort of Japanese omakase. But, you know, I'm a big sushi head, and I would love to go get, yeah, just a really long, you know, never-ending <laughs> omakase with all my favorite different types of, uh, of fish and selfish. Before I wrap this interview up, as a 23-year West Village resident, may I ask, and I'm sure you hear this all the time, if you're pondering another restaurant in the West Village? I am not, yeah. I mean, especially not now. I'm not ruling it out, but um, yeah, I don't, um, I would love to open another restaurant, you know, perhaps in another country. Um, oh, really? And as... Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to move by any means, but I would like to, um, you know, I'm hoping to get some sort of consulting, long-term consulting gig. Yeah, preferably somewhere I'd like to visit. You know, I can't really, because of my knee, I can't be on my feet all the time. Um, I don't think that precludes me from opening a restaurant, but I think, um, you know, it's not wise for me to try to work in it all the time. Um, So, yeah, I'm hoping to do that, but I'm... You know, I run these culinary tours with the Tour de Forks, and I, which I really love, and I hope to continue to do that. So that doesn't necessarily always work with, um, you know, owning a restaurant, especially in New York City. And since we're neighbors, I also have to ask another neighborhood question. What's your favorite restaurant these days, favorite butcher, and where do you get your groceries? Oh, God, it's so upsetting now that Gourmet Garage is gone. I just, they were gross, I, though. They weren't that gross, and they were right there. Um, yeah, I mean, what is? I mean, no, no grocery store is great, but what? I mean, what was gross about it? What did you think that was gross about? Well, it? I mean, I didn't. You certainly got buy fish there by any means. You don't buy no. You know, I bought chicken there one time, and I had to bring it back three times because they kept giving me like the stinky. Slimy, but you know what? In a pinch, it was fine. Really? Like if you needed mushrooms, you know, if you needed beer, yeah, if you needed like lunch sushi, you could go there. Oh, 
Yeah. What did you get there? Prepared foods. (laughs) Vegetables, um, you know, olive oil, dairy. It was just, well, because that was the closest one to my house. And then it closed. And now I either have to go to Gristini's or I have to go to Cinderella, which is just ridiculously expensive. And yeah, or then sometimes I go over to Brooklyn Fair, but that's pretty far. Yeah. Um, Let me think. Yeah, I don't really have a favorite um, grocery store, but I do, I, I go to Cinderella Fish. Uh, you know, but it, it's interesting because, you know, after all these years buying wholesale prices, buying buying ingredients at wholesale prices, I, I just, like, seeing <laughs> these fish prices are like, oh, my God. Ouch. You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, I think I'm slowly getting used to it. Um, I like uh, Dixon's Farm Stand Meats in Chelsea Market mm-hmm. for, for meat, for high-end meat. Um, I go to Florence Prime Meats. For things like, you know, dry aged steak, or I really love their Italian sausages there. You know, they'll order stuff for me if I want something like fresh pork belly or whatever um, that you, you, you're not going to be able to buy in a grocery store. I ride my bike to Chinatown. I will buy things at Buonatalia in um, in Chelsea Market as well as that Manhattan Fruit Market in the in the basement there. What? Yeah. Your favorite restaurant in the neighborhood these days? For sushi, I love um, Kosaka. I love that for high-end sushi. I love Via Croda, um, of course. Of course. Um, yeah, I love Taim. Yep. Um, I love Mustache. I love, oh, I love How Noodle and Tea. <laughs> Ramenya, Ramenya, whatever, on West 4th for ramen. Oh, I love Ampion. Yeah, there's a lot of great food in the West Village. Where can we find you on the web and social media? Um, www.chefamigogo.com. And there, uh, my Instagram, I'm not on Facebook, but I'm on Instagram and I am on Twitter at NYC. Who says eating alone should be lonely? I can't thank you enough, Anita Lowe, for coming on Cookery by the Book podcast. Thanks for having me. Follow Susie Chase on Instagram at Cookery by the Book and subscribe at cookerybythebook.com or in Apple Podcasts. Thanks for listening to Cookery by the Book Podcast, the only podcast devoted to cookbooks since 2015.